going on everybody it's christian paul I'm here at off the cuff with conversations lead to inspiration today i'm joined by a great friend who i had the opportunity to go to college with we both went to university of albany shout out to the great danes and i've been super proud of everything that he's accomplished thus far today he's actually going to be joining us to talk about his next endeavor and why it's so important to give back to your community to create that change without further ado here's off the cuff with kenny burgos Kenny, I just wanted to thank you so much for just being on the show, man. Um, I know we are in some hard times for all of us in, sure. the, in this world. Um, as you can see, we're like six feet apart and stuff like that. I think we measured it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I have the measuring tape right there and stuff. But, um, you know, it's just something that I wanted to personally thank you for just coming on the show and um, learning more about your story, you know, and learning about the next new thing that you got going on, this next endeavor, which I'm super proud of. I'm super excited to learn about. But, um, you know, for the viewers watching today, you know, as I mentioned before, we are six feet apart. So I just want to continue to share my prayers, um, praying for those families who are affected and stuff, you know, in this um, very devastated, uh, devastated time. So please, please continue to practice social distancing, you know, take those um, precautions and just stay safe and stay healthy. You know, my prayers are with you and your family. But, um, for sure. Like, oh, well, I wanted to just follow up. Thank you for having absolutely. me on. I appreciate it. You know, I mean, this is a new endeavor for me, but obviously one for you as well. And I'm honored for you to have me here. I mean, this is what I love to see. I think this is what we all have to see, you know, people moving forward, progressing, especially whether in different spaces. But at that same time, you know, we're just all going forward. So thank you for having me on and helping to share my story. No, absolutely. Absolutely, <clears throat> man. And, and I'm just honored to kind of just learn more about it and stuff. You know, one of the things I mentioned in the introduction was, you know, we, um, we both went to University of Albany together, so yeah. I mean, a shout out to the Great Danes, yeah. and that was kind of like somewhere I was able to kind of see the things that you were doing and navigating your own path and stuff. But you know, I kind of just want to get straight into it. You know, I just want to tell um, you know more of the world. You know, what are you currently running for, and kind of what motivated you to pursue that? Okay, great. Yeah, so uh, I'm running for the New York State Assembly in the 85th district in the Bronx. Um, I've been working in politics for just about five years, so ever since we graduated college. Yeah, um, I even intern in politics kind of during the interim during our time in college uh so it's, it's been my life for the past five years uh it's not something that i was born into i don't have a political family um you know i, I didn't grow up following politics I, frankly i didn't know much about politics mm-hmm. until college my family doesn't know about it they, they barely know probably their local leaders um so essentially my, my interest really peaked at at the entry level right when i came in as an intern i interned for the new york city council uh, during my junior year in college. So I was working with the finance department and we were dealing with the New York City budget and that can go with you know city agencies to work on whether it be social services, whether it be for aging, uh, whether it be for infrastructure, capital investment. So I was able to see that from a large lens, just how our government worked at the city level. Uh, upon graduating, I was you know um, able to achieve a, a position in a New York City council with a local council member serving in the district that I'm now running for. Um, so those districts actually cover, you know, Soundview, Class and Point, uh, we're on the Brooklyn Boulevard area, um, Hunts Point, and West Farms. Mm. So working in that area for, for the past five years, I've been able to gather a, a large knowledge of how, again, how, that, how our government works just at the most local level and how it impacts everyone's life on an everyday basis, much more than, you know, the federal level, which mm. we tend to lean more towards. Um, so working there, 
Politics is obviously, you know, an ever-changing landscape where people are running, people are not running, um, you know, people step down, and, and you always want new blood. You want to have those new ideas. And so with the, with the five years of me working there, uh, this opportunity came about. The New York State Assemblyman, where, who currently holds the seat now, has stepped down. Um, and I just saw this as an opportunity right now to really step up to the plate and serve my community, but really represent them, you know, be their voice as I've, I've worked for them for this time, but now really step up to that position and, and lead them. Mm. Stepping up in that position, being that voice. I really admire that. And even you mentioned a few things there and stuff, and I kind of wanted to tap into it before we kind of get into the nitty gritty of, yeah. you know, the things that you want to create as you continuing to, to strive and, you know, be in the position that you that you're looking to be in. Um, but you mentioned a few things. You mentioned family and not necessarily being into a political yeah. state of mind or like the, that, that wasn't something that, you know, was at the forefront for family, right? Um, I actually got the opportunity to check out your video once your campaign launched mm -hmm. and it caught my attention by many different ways. You know, yeah. one of the things you mentioned was that, you know, you grew up in the Bronx, but you also grew up with a single parent household, mm -hmm. right? Tell me more about that. Yeah, um, so born in the Bronx, lifelong Bronxite. Um, it's a single parent household, uh, to be quite honest. The campaign video maybe doesn't give the entire image mm. of my, my upbringing. It's difficult to cram it into Absolutely, just two minutes. Right. So the imagery is, again, uh, of me growing up. I, born, I was born in 1491 Watson Avenue in Soundview. Um, my mother, single mother at the time, um, she worked a union job. So again, no political background, just a hardworking family. And my mom just paid her bills, went to work, and just made sure me and my sister were great. Mm. Um, I did have my dad in the picture. I don't, I don't want that to be the belief Absolutely. that my dad was in the picture. It was a split family home, but I, I think a lot of people can, can resonate with that, right? Mm. I mean, I think just unfortunately in the, in the inner cities, we have families who didn't grow up with that typical nuclear structure where it was mom, dad, brother, sister, and, and, and right. the dog named Fluffy in the home, right? So. <laughs> right. I didn't have that, and that was always the image portrayed, at least in media, and it's, mm. at least when I grew up, I thought it's what you had to be. I thought mm. that, that was essentially the structure to be a family, and, and it wasn't. I mean, you, you'll find more speaking to your neighbors and, and, and just your family around that this is more atypical than not. So a lot of my family had that split family home, and, and I don't want to get too far off, but essentially, that's what inspired me, right? Because... At the same level, you look at politicians, mm -hmm. and politicians carry this view of maybe not perfectionism, but so clean cut that they can do no wrong, mm -hmm. or at least that's what it used to be. And you go more into life, and, and then again, just me being in the political realm for work, you realize it's just not the, it's not the case. Right. You, know, you, you meet everyday people. I, I've met some amazing you know, leaders that have represented different parts, whether from Brooklyn or the Bronx, Manhattan, that are just everyday folks. You know, they have families, they have, uh, they have things to do on weekends, hobbies, and they're just like you and me. They don't have to embody this picture of a perfect human being. Mm. And in the same way a family doesn't, there's, there's, no, there's no box structure there shouldn't be because this is America and more importantly, this is New York. Right. We, we are, the, we are the, the crossroads of the entire world. Mm -hmm. So we have to be representative of that. And, and that's really that upbringing is kind of what just, again, just gave me that motivation and inspired me. Like, you know what? It doesn't matter where you come from or, you know, what upbringing you had. You, you can't change that. You can't mm -hmm. change the zip code you were born and you can't change the parents you were born to. But you can change the direction your path and your life goes after that. You can decide who it is you become mm -hmm. and what it is you leave behind. That's, those are the things that you have a tangible 
coverage of it, you can change. So that, that's really the inspiring part of, of, of my upbringing. That's, that's beautiful, man. Uh, the zip code, you're right, you can't change, or even the parents say you, you become, you know, and I think your destiny is what you can change and stuff, yeah. and you kind of curate that. Um, one of the things that, you know, I wanted to also tap into was the Bronx. You know, you've born in the Bronx, you're also now running for state assembly in yeah. the Bronx as well. You know, what about the Bronx inspired you so much? Listen, I may be biased, but the Bronx <laughs> is just, it's the best borough in the city. I mean, I don't have yeah, I mean, much, I'm not even from the Bronx either, so yeah. I, this will be very important for but me. But you've met people from the Bronx? Yeah. So what's know. your opinion? <laughs> <laughs> Throwing it back at me yeah. and stuff. No, but, but honestly, I mean, just growing up in the Bronx, it, yeah. it, it, it's a, and, and New York City as a whole, mm-hmm. right? So I, I've been blessed at least to, to travel and meet folks from other parts of the world and, and interact with I think I think interacting with people is one of the most beautiful things we can do. Um, just learning from experience and getting mm-hmm. ideas from others. But being from New York and specifically the Bronx, you you build a sort of grit and tenacity that I frankly don't believe you can get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You just can't get that attitude anywhere else. And, and you see it. If, if you're someone who's traveled and been in other parts of the world or just the country, it's recognizable mm-hmm. almost instantly. People look at you and they say, you're from New York, aren't you? Yeah. And it's like from New York City, they know that, right? Because that attitude it just it just shines, and it and it brings a level of energy that can inspire anybody to just honestly anything. So just growing up in the Bronx, you go all these different cultures, you just see, you experience so many different things that others may have not been privy to, and all of that tackled with ideas that you shared, and just depending how you consume it. Like it, ju- it just makes you want to see even more and see a better world. And whether it be, again, at that local level for your people, for your neighborhood or for a borough, for a city. But it's just incredibly inspiring just seeing that many people, that many cultures come together for the betterment of society, honestly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that I actually wanted to tap into was you mentioned that now you're running for state assembly. Um, Bronx has inspired you. Family has inspired you. Was this something that was always something that you wanted to pursue? Not at all. <clears throat> Not at all. I, and I mean, I think that goes for anyone in, in most fields, right? You can try to charter your life how you think it may go, and it usually doesn't go that way, for better or for worse. Um, and politics surely wasn't in, in my field, mm-hmm. or at least not in my vision. Um, growing up, I wanted to be many things, from a firefighter to an astronaut. I mean, the typical yeah, you know, upbringing sure. things as a child, you just you say, that, that looks inspiring. Mm-hmm. I want to do that. Um, going into college... I had no idea what I wanted to do. I knew where my interests lie. I knew where I excelled at in certain things, but I was what you call a generalist, mm-hmm. right? So I, I wasn't, I was the jack of all trades, master of none. Mm-hmm. And again, just going into the political field, just learning about it, interning, and then working at that ground level, it, it really inspired me because it was a jack of all trades almost to me. I was able to see. Our, our landscape from so many different lenses. Like I said, right, you know, I was working on um, programs for seniors. I was working on, you know, new park renovations. I, I, I was working on, you know, safety measures, criminal justice. So all these things that I kind of dabbled, not, I don't want to say dabble, maybe the wrong terminology, but that I was taking part in. And on a larger level, it, it kept my interest and, and it was always inspiring because it was always able to make change. I wasn't focused on one laser focused project I wasn't in you know just one uh, market or, 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 or one sector and you know it's no offense to anyone that does that it just never works for me mm. so going into politics almost seemed like a, a match made in heaven and it, and that's why I kept going with it 
Yeah. Um, but I'm curious to know, there was this one opportunity that you received in college, you've been interning there mm -hmm. for some time, and then yeah. once you got the opportunity to graduate, you also kind of pursued that. Where did that opportunity come about? So ironically enough, um, I know we have probably a lot of UA viewers, and many people are familiar with that <clears throat> New York State Assembly internship program, right? Because mm, the assembly right. does, it operates heavily on interns. Um, and I unfortunately wasn't able to achieve that internship. I didn't have the amount of credits kind of set up before graduation. I wanted to make sure I was graduating on time. So I didn't have the opportunity to partake in that. And I did have kind of an interest. I never really expressed it. Um, just kind of one of those things where you tell yourself no before <laughs> they tell you. Right. So I wasn't able to partake in that. So I kind of explored other options. So in the summertime, um, spoke to a mutual friend and said that there was an opportunity available in the New York City Council. So this is where you know networking comes into play. Spoke with some friends and there was the opportunity again to, to intern, again, like I said previously, with the finance department. So out of adversity created this opportunity for me, right? Because I mean, I don't want to call it adversity, but I wasn't able to partake in a chamber, a body, a legislative body that I'm now running for right. as an intern. But it led me to the city level of government and, again, kind of came full circle and brought me to the point where we're at now. Mm. So, I mean, now that you said that, that's a great thing. Like, now you're in a position that you're running for something, yeah. you know, uh, something that's major that, you know, <clears throat> a lot of the undergrads that may see, you know, I don't even know if that's something I can ever pursue, you know. Yeah. So, But the fact that you're actually going through it now is a living testament that, you know, people can do yeah. it if they apply to it. So I want to tap into more of the you know, State Assembly now you get into you know, running your campaign. What would it mean to you for you to be elected? It'd be humbling, I mean, to be quite honest, right? I mean, people have their, their views of whatever a politician may be, but... I mean, that essentially at its core, you are a public servant and that's that's what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. you, you are the voice of the people who decided you're going to be my voice at the higher level of government. You're going to be there to speak for me when I'm at work, working nine to five, when I'm paying my bills, when I'm dealing with, you know, if you have children or, or other life's challenges that everyone goes through. I'm choosing you to be my voice when I'm not there and hoping you're going to operate to the best of, of what I'm expecting, to my benefit. Mm. So it, it'd be incredibly humbling, as I said. I mean, it's, you know, it's not something um, I take lightly. It, it's something that I, I, I'm pursuing with, with great passion, um, with incredible efforts, and the word is humble, man. Yeah. I'd, be, I'd be humbled. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful, man. I, I can feel the, the humbleness and the passion in you as you speak. You. Um, now, I'm curious to know on that same, same topic, you know, if elected, what are some of the changes that you hope to to bring to the Bronx? So change in the first place, right at the most, if we step back and look at a larger lens, what I really want to inspire is just people to take part, hmm. take. And it's not to just it's not enough to say, go out and vote. Uh, it's not enough to say, know who your leader is. It's I want people to take part in government and realize what it does for their life. You know, we, we grew up, many of us, many of the viewers here maybe grew up and the first president they voted for, whether or not it was, was President Barack Obama. To me, an incredibly inspiring moment, right? Mm -hmm. To see the first black president. Felt like, it felt like we had that impact. Absolutely. Our votes made that change and changed America. And we tend to focus heavily on, on a presidential election, as we should. I mean, you know, we're United right. States, we're a world power. Yeah. So it's incredibly important. But the fact of the matter is, it's very likely more of your life is impacted by your local leaders 
than a president. Mm. It's, it's just a matter of fact, right? Um, whether it comes down to your governors, your state senators, your state assembly members, your city council members, I, I mean everything from a borough president to mayor to comptroller, there's tons of elected officials that many, many may not know about. Right. And, and it's understandable, because like I said before, we all go through our daily lives. We have things to worry about. People work nine to fives. They may, in this economy, you may work two jobs. Yeah. You know, you have a side hustle. You, you have friends you want to go and hang out with. You can't be burdened with keeping up with what the new politics of the day is. And I completely understand that. And I'm not asking people to make it their major or to, you know, follow it 24-7. Right. But something as far as just knowing who your local elected is, what they stand for, what they represent and what they want to change and hold them accountable. Because again, like I said, when you elect someone to be your elected official, whether it be assemblyman, senator, or whatever it may be, you're not only voting for them because of what they believe in, but you're voting for them to be your voice. And that's Mm -hmm. what I want to be, right? I, I want to bring my ideas to the table, but I want to make sure my ideas are representative of the people who chose me to represent them. Absolutely. So I want to make sure I'm hearing them out. You know, maybe I don't fully agree with everything that they want to bring to the table, but we have to have that open conversation. That, that's an art that's lost in America, frankly, over the past couple of years. Learning to have a difference of opinions, but a conversation, mm-hmm. you know, a, 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 a civil conversation. Yeah. And, and that's where we can find, whether it be common ground or just a middle ground where there's compromise. And, you know, change comes for the better of you and change comes for the better of me. It may not always be that even split, but we can work towards that. So I, I really want people, again, to just take part in their government. Mm. Vote for your local electeds. Hold them accountable. People want to say, you know, social media isn't real life, right? I'm sorry. I'm not a believer in that. Mm. And there's been proof of that over the past few years. Twitter, Instagram, whatever, Facebook, whatever social media you partake in or all three is effective, is impactful. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a, a Bachelor of Arts in political science to have an opinion on politics, to have an opinion of what your leader is doing. Go on Twitter. Right. Send, Please, yeah. send a mention to your governor. Send a mention to your, your state representative. And I guarantee you, while he or she may not be the one directly reading it at that moment, a staffer is. Now, you put the power in numbers. Now, if you organize and you get people to then push again that conversation that is so important to you that you feel is not being represented or being pushed by your electeds, you get enough people to put that pressure on, the conversation has to happen. Mm. And that's how we get things done. And that's how things have been getting done, honestly. We've been a progressive state. You know, we've gotten a lot of work done. And, and I really hope when I'm elected to be a part of that change. You know, I, I really want to help the progressive wave that we pushed in New York State. We have, uh, you know, a Democratic Senate. We have a Democratic Assembly. We have a Democratic governor. It's, it's, the, triple, it's the triple threat that we rarely see. It's, it's right. difficult to achieve. But when you have that and everyone is working in tandem, a lot gets done. Mm. A lot gets done. I mean, you heard it from the man himself. Uh, you know, I, I felt that. And like, let's hone in on that a little quickly, though, because like you mentioned a lot of pointers and stuff. But I want people to understand more about this passion and stuff. Like, let's talk about more. You know, if elected, what are some of the things, the key things that you want people to take away from mm-hmm. who Kenny is? So, like many progressive Democrats, um, my push is for equality. Right. Mm-hmm. I believe New York's biggest issue, and and this is where you know. Being representative of just a portion 
of a borough can still be on, on, on a large scale because you work with your body of colleagues. And inequality is a real issue. You know, yeah. um, I don't think we have a jobs issue in New York. I, I think most folks with a degree and the know-how are able to at least achieve a job that pays well. Um, but we have the inequality comes down when it comes to housing, mm. when it comes to opportunity, when it comes to education. And, and that's the inequality we've been seeing all our lives. Right. I have a lot of friends, you included, who graduated, maybe got a great job, right? Let's, you know, a, a middle class salary, 60, 70,000, 50,000, whatever it may be, and can't buy a home. Mm. It's not the same for the generation before, right? So that's where government has to step in and say, what has changed? What are we not doing for the people coming up and the people who are living in our city now right. that we did for the previous generations? Because again, like I said, it's not a jobs problem. You know, we again. There's, there's the inequality goes down to we, we, you know, we have poverty. We have, you know, unfortunately, pe- folks who are in dire circumstances, living in crumbling NYCHA buildings, and and we need to address all of these inequality issues from all different from all different vantage points. Right. And when we address those inequality issues, it's where we make legitimate change in New York. So in a state assembly, you're, you're able to impact that change, right? So a state assembly previously has already worked on rent laws. Uh, many folks may not be fully aware, but that rent law change was so impactful. It brought evictions down, and uh, I know coupled with, you know, we put eviction lawyers for, for folks in courts, but evictions are down over 27%. Wow. Now, that is huge. You know, in a city where people are displaced, where people, you know, it's rising, rising cost. And again, like I said, you, you may make the money, but the opportunity just isn't there. So we've cut the rent laws. You know, we have bail reform, which I'm a huge supporter of. Recently, unfortunately, some of those provisions were pulled back slightly. But bail reform, I think, was... And what's that for those that... So bail reform was passed last year by the New York State Assembly, Senate, and Governor. So essentially what bail reform did was remove the criminalizing of poverty. We, we criminalize poverty. It's just, it's just frankly what it was. So essentially before, if you were arrested for a crime and bail was offered to you, whether you had, the, if you, the question was, can you afford bail or not, right? So you may spend weeks, months in Rikers Island without ever being formally charged with a crime. And many of you know the story of unfortunately Khalif Browder, right. who was arrested and, and couldn't, afford, uh, couldn't afford a bail. So what, are we, what, is, what is the system? The system is just criminalizing poverty because if you have the money, if you were born into a wealthy family or if you had the resources, you would never see that island. You would never see the right. torture and the horrors that went on Rikers Island. So when we passed bail reform, we stopped cash bail. Mm. Now, you have critics who you know, may paint the picture otherwise, but at, at the end of the day, the system was you pay, you don't go to jail. You don't pay, you go to jail. And we have removed that again now with some other provisions, but I'm hoping if I'm elected to then pull those revisions back and bring it from it to, bring it to its original form. Let's do it, man. Well, all the best. Um, so, you know, you spoke a lot about equality and stuff and, you know, someone who graduates and making, you know, kind of middle class salary may not necessarily have the opportunity to buy a home, mm-hmm. you know, and, and some of these millennials don't necessarily have those, those resources, yeah. you know, or that opportunity to seek that information. Um, or even know of it, you know, for, for example, like you, you, you know, you're pretty much, you graduate the same year and stuff yes. and you're kind of pursuing something like this 
as a millennial stuff. And I, tell me more about how how you you see that from like your standpoint. Yeah. So I mean, even prior to me announcing my candidacy, um, folks who may have had me on social media, I would always share you know information or ideas that came across you know to quote unquote my desk. And I, w- I would like to, you know, um, enlighten everyone else. You know, what what was available to you? What what possibilities could you take care? What could you take advantage of um, from a generational standpoint or whatever standpoint it may be? And and, and that's another thing that I, I want to take with running in my campaign, right? If, if you look at representation, at least you know, forget across the country, just in New York State, we've done a good job of representing many demographics. You know, we have elected officials who are of African American descent. Puerto Rican, Hispanic, Dominican, Asian, uh, West Indies, you name it, right? Because that's what New York City is. Uh, But one demographic that typically gets overlooked is a generational demographic. And and we don't have that. If I was elected, um, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe I may be the youngest sitting New York State Assemblyman at the time, not ever elected, but, and it's not a, it's not a title that I strive for because of, of the cloud of it or anything like that, but it just speaks to the lack of representation we have as a generation, whether it be for millennials or whether it be for, for Gen Zers. Um, because people will often tell you, you know, and this can be in other work experiences where you don't have experience, you know, you don't have the time put in to have your voice at the table. And I don't agree with that. I don't believe your experience is discounted because experience is experience. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're going through this thing called life with a much different lens than folks who were born in 1950, 1960, 1970. And while it's fine, we need to have their representative voice. We need to have their life experiences too. We need folks who are coming up now, growing up now in New York City. We need that voice at the table. We need to hear of the challenges they're facing and we need to make changes for them because the reality is we are going to be the 40 and 50 year olds and 60 year olds you know in some decades and i hope we instill that same amount of, of you know that we instill that same amount of value on the younger folks coming up because i i want to hear from 17 year olds yeah. you know you can't discount someone because they're still in high school and maybe you know they play video games or what what have you because at the end of the day they're experiencing life at the end of the day, they're going to be a taxpaying citizen. They're going to work, and they're going to be part of this society and economy, and we need to make sure we curate it for them. We cannot work in the past. So that's one huge thing that, that I bring with me. I want to be that demographic representation, not only the neighborhood representation. Absolutely, man, and I appreciate that just because, like, even for me, like, in my day-to-day, and one of the things that I strive for is that, you know, seeking mentors that are able to mentor you and being it because I'm gonna be a manager someday. I'm gonna mm-hmm. be director, and I'm obviously that's I mean I'm striving to be in those yeah. positions so I'm able to add influence to other people. Yeah. And similar to you, right? You're you're not only looking to being able to to add value to the neighborhood, but community and the ones that come after you. You know, and that's the, such an important thing, just because like they are like you said going to be the taxpayers. They are going to be the yeah. ones seeking the vote or being able to kind of make change for you in your community. So I, I think that's such an important thing that you mentioned. So I hope people, you know. This is a seed planted for the people that are viewing and for the people that, you know, know you and uh, know of your campaign for them to see that, you know, we have to pay more attention to people that come after mm-hmm. us because those are the ones that are going to be creating that change. In the beginning of the interview and stuff, um, there we're in kind of a, a crisis, right? We're in pandemic and stuff and we're in quarantine for, for some time now. You know, uh, I'm curious to know, you know, as you continue to navigate your campaign and continue to navigate and push to be elected, what keeps you going? 
what keeps me going. Ironically enough, um, in the time we're in has, you know, even been more of a push, right? Because it feels like we, we've pulled back that curtain. We've exposed mm-hmm. the system for what it is. Uh, you know, we've been brought to our knees by this invisible enemy. And it, it really just shows, again, that inequality issue. You have folks who are, are really struggling right now. Um, you know, whether it be from a healthcare standpoint, whether, whether it be from a financial or a job security standpoint. And with this, what this crisis has shown us is that, one, we weren't prepared. Hmm. But two, we just we weren't paying enough attention. We weren't, we weren't helping out the folks most in need. And that's what we're here to do. I'm not here to represent someone who, you know, is financially secure, who is well off. And it's, and it's, and it's not to speak poorly on them, but essentially they'll be okay. They probably have good health care. They probably have coverage. You know, they probably can work from home. Right. But who's bearing the brunt of this crisis? It's the black and brown folks yeah. who were deemed, you know, that term essential workers. Um, they don't get what I deem to be essential pay. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't get the essential respect prior to this crisis, <laughs> right? Mean, for sure. But we now lean on them because right. if it isn't for them, who knows where we'll be right now? Mm-hmm. So this crisis has just brought another level of inspiration because those are the people who need a voice, the voiceless, the people who, again, have to go to work day in and day out and bust their ass just to pay the bills, just to make sure their family's fed. Mm-hmm. And they, they, can't, they can't be in two places at once. They can't speak out for themselves. So I want to be that there. I want to be there for them and be that voice. I want to shine a light like so many others have and continue to push that conversation that we need to be representative of the people who pay these taxes, of the people who built this country, of the people who keep us going, of our essential workers who are fighting on the front lines. So every one of us can be safe and healthy and hopefully come out of this better than we were. So we have to learn from this and be better than we were. I felt that, man, for real. I felt that, and and like you said, that central respect. They don't receive the central respect, and it's simple. I I felt that one hundred percent. Now, before we kind of wrap up, I would love to kind of showcase, you know, more about where can we find more information on your campaign. How can we best support you, and kind of what, what should we be looking for? So obviously, like I said, I'm running for a local seat. So if you live within the confines of you know Class and Point, Soundview. Um, West Farms, Hunts Point, those areas you can find your map online. Vote for me. One, I would hope, you know, I, I've shown you enough about me and inspired you that I want to be your state assemblyman. Or if you have family or friends, definitely, you know, inform them about me and I'd, I'd hugely appreciate it. But if you don't live within the 85th district, you can still be helpful. Um, you can go to kennyburgos.nyc, uh, sign up for the newsletter. Um, I also have my donation link, which brings you to Act Blue. Um, you know, I know people have their cynicism views of politicians, but campaigns aren't free, um, especially in the times we're in. I mean, campaigns cost money, mailers, um, you know, just flyers and just getting people out there and just pushing, pushing, pushing the message is an expensive um, endeavor. So any donations, I would hugely appreciate. Again, uh, KennyBurgos.nyc. Follow my social medias. So my Instagram and my Twitter and my Facebook are all KennyBurgosNY. Very simple. Kenny Burgos, NY for New York. Beautiful. Well, Kenny, man, I just wanted to again thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, it's phenomenal to learn more about your story. Thank you. Again, I wish you all the best. Um, and just continue shining, man. Continue pushing. 
um, and, and just continue, you know, keeping yourself at the pulse because it's it's a phenomenal thing. And and I hope all the best for you, and I, and I wish you all much success. And I can't just wait to see what's next for you, man. For real, thank I you. definitely appreciate that. I mean, that. I, I thank you for you know giving me the platform to share the message, to share the story, and. I look forward to seeing what off the cuff becomes and I thank you for letting me be, you know, hopefully one of the pioneers to see this get picked up by a network or I mean <laughs> that's the goal, goal, hopefully, for sure. That's the goal and stuff. And there you have it. That was off the cuff with Kenny Burgos. Again, my name is Christian Palm with Off the Cuff, where conversations lead to inspiration. Maybe we could just laugh or a big laugh, maybe each other make a big laugh. <laughs>